0: Chapter Sixteen: Subduing Kaliya. When he understood that the water of the Yamuna was being polluted by the black serpent Kaliya, Lord Krishna took action against him and made him leave the Yamuna and go elsewhere. And thus, the water became purified. When this story was being narrated by Shukadev Goswami, Maharaj Pirkit became eager to hear more about Krishna's childhood pastimes. He inquired from Sukadev Goswami how Krishna chastised Kaliya, who was living in the water for many years. Actually, Maharaj Purkit was becoming more and more enthusiastic to hear the transcendental pastimes of Krishna, and his inquiry was made with great interest. Sukadev Goswami narrated the story as follows Within the river Yamuna, there was a great lake and in that lake the black serpent, Kalia, used to live. Because of his poison, the whole area was so contaminated that it emanated a poisonous vapor 24 hours a day. If a bird happened to even pass over the spot, he would immediately fall down in the water and die. Due to the poisonous effect of the Jamuna's vapors, the trees and grass near the banks of the Jamuna had all dried up. Lord Krishna saw the effect of that great serpent's poison. The whole river that ran before Vrindavan was now deadly. Krishna, who advented himself just to kill all undesirable elements in the world, immediately climbed up in a big Kadamba tree on the banks of the Jamuna. The Kadamba is a round yellow flower, generally seen only in the Vrindavan area. After climbing to the top of the tree, he tightened his belt cloth and, flapping his arms just like a wrestler, jumped in the midst of the poisonous lake. The Kadamba tree from which Krishna had jumped was the only tree there that was not dead. Some commentators say that due to touching the lotus feet of Krishna, the tree became immediately alive. In some other Puranas, it is stated that Garuda, the eternal carrier of Vishnu, knew that Krishna would take this action in the future, so he put some nectar on this tree, just to preserve it. When Lord Krishna jumped into the water, the river overflooded its banks, as if something very large had fallen into it. This exhibition of Krishna's strength is not at all uncommon, because he is the reservoir of all strength. When Krishna was swimming about, just like a great strong elephant, he made a tumultuous sound, which the great black serpent Kaliya could hear. The tumult was intolerable for him, and he could understand that this was an attempt to attack his home. Therefore, he immediately came before Krishna. Kaliya saw that Krishna was indeed worth seeing because his body was so beautiful and delicate. Its color resembled that of a cloud, and his legs resembled a lotus flower. He was decorated with srivats, jewels, and yellow garments. He was smiling with a beautiful face and was playing in the river Yamuna with great strength. But in spite of Krishna's beautiful features, Kaliya felt great anger within his heart, and thus he grabbed Krishna with his mighty coils. Seeing the incredible way in which Krishna was enveloped in the coils of the serpent, the affectionate cowherd boys and inhabitants of Vrindavan immediately became stunned out of fear. They had dedicated everything to Krishna. Their lives, property, affection, activities, everything was for Krishna. And when they saw him in that condition, they became overwhelmed with fear and fell down on the ground. All the cows, bulls, and small calves became overwhelmed with grief and they began to look at him with great anxiety. Out of fear, they could only cry in agony and stand erect on the bank, unable to help their beloved Krishna. While this scene was taking place on the banks of the Jamuna, there were ill omens manifest. The earth trembled, meteors fell from the sky, and the bodies of men shivered. All these are indications of great immediate danger. Observing the inauspicious signs, the cowherd men, including Maharaj Nanda, became very anxious out of fear. At that same time, they were informed that Krishna had gone to the pasturing ground without his elder brother, Balaram. As soon as Nanda and Yasoda and the cowherd men heard this news, they became even more anxious. Out of their great affection for Krishna, unaware of the extent of Krishna's potencies, they became overwhelmed with grief and anxiety because they had nothing dearer than Krishna and because they dedicated their everything, life, property, affection, mind, and activities to Krishna. Because of their great attachment for Krishna, they thought, "Oh, Today Krishna is surely going to be vanquished. All the inhabitants of Vrindavan came out of the village to see Krishna. The assembly consisted of children, young and old men, women, animals, and all living entities. They knew that Krishna was their only means of sustenance. While this was happening, Balaram, who is the master of all knowledge, stood there, simply smiling. He knew how powerful his younger brother Krishna was, and there was no cause for anxiety when Krishna was fighting with an ordinary serpent of the material world. He did not therefore personally take any part in their concern. On the other hand, all the inhabitants of Vrindavan, being disturbed, began to search out Krishna by following the impressions of his footprints on the ground and thus they moved toward the banks of the Jamuna. Finally, by following the footprints marked with the flag, bow, and conch shell, the inhabitants of Vrindavan arrived at the river bank and saw that all the cows and boys were weeping to behold Krishna enwrapped in the coils of the black serpent. Then they became still more overwhelmed with grief. While Balaram was smiling to see their lamentation. All the inhabitants of Brajabumi merged into the ocean of grief because they thought that Krishna was finished. Although the residents of Vrindavan did not know much about Krishna, their love for him was beyond comparison. As soon as they saw Krishna in the river Yamuna, enveloped by the serpent Kaliya, and that all the boys and cows were lamenting, they simply began to think of Krishna's friendship, his smiling face. His sweet words and his dealings with them. Thinking of all these things and believing that their Krishna was now within the clutches of Kaliya, they at once felt that the three worlds had become vacant. Lord Chaitanya also said that he was seeing the three worlds as vacant for want of Krishna. This is the highest stage of Krishna consciousness. Almost all the inhabitants of Vrindavan had the highest ecstasy, love for Krishna. When Mother Yasoda arrived, she wanted to enter the river Yamuna, and being checked, she fainted. Other friends who were equally aggrieved were shedding tears like torrents of rain or waves of the river, but in order to bring Mother Yasoda to consciousness, they began to speak loudly about the transcendental pastimes of Krishna. Mother Yasoda remained still, as if dead, because her consciousness was concentrated on the face of Krishna. Nanda and all the others who had dedicated everything including their lives to Krishna, were ready to enter the waters of the But Lord Balaram checked them because he was perfect in knowledge that there was no danger. For two hours Krishna remained like an ordinary child gripped in the coils of Kaliya. But when he saw that all the inhabitants of Gokul, including his mother and father, the gopis, the cows and the boys, were just on the point of death and that they had no shelter for salvation from imminent death. Krishna immediately freed himself. He began to expand his body, and when the serpent tried to hold him, he felt a great strain. On account of the strain, his coils slackened, and he had no other alternative but to let loose the personality of Godhead Krishna from his grasp. Kaliya then became very angry, and his great hoods expanded. He exhaled poisonous fumes from his nostrils. His eyes blazed like fire and flames issued from his mouth. The great serpent remained still for some time, looking at Krishna. Licking his lips with bifurcated tongues, the serpent looked at Krishna with doubled hoods and his eyesight was full of poison. Krishna immediately pounced upon him just as Garuda swoops upon a snake. Thus attacked, Kaliya looked for an opportunity to bite him, but Krishna moved around him. As Krishna and Kaliya moved in a circle, the serpent gradually became fatigued and his strength seemed to diminish considerably. Krishna immediately pressed down the serpent's hoods and jumped upon them. The Lord's lotus feet became tinged with red from the rays of the jewels on the snake's hoods. Then, he who is the original artist of all fine arts, such as dancing, began to dance upon the hoods of the serpent, although they were moving to and fro. Upon seeing this, denizens from the upper planets began to shower flowers, beat drums, play different types of flutes and sing various prayers and songs. In this way, all the denizens of heaven, such as the Gandharvas, Siddhas and demigods, became very pleased. While Krishna was dancing on his hoods, Kalia tried to push him down with some of his other hoods. Kaliya had about a hundred hoods, but Krishna took control of them. He began to dash Kaliya with his lotus feet, and this was more than the serpent could bear. Gradually, Kaliya was reduced to struggling for his very life. He vomited all kinds of refuse and exhaled fire. While throwing up poisonous material from within, Kaliya became reduced in his sinful situation. Out of great anger, he began to struggle for existence and tried to raise one of his hoods to kill the Lord. The Lord immediately captured that hood and subdued it by kicking it and dancing on it. It actually appeared as if the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu was being worshipped. The poisons emanating from the mouth of the serpent appeared to be like flower offerings. Kaliya then began to vomit blood instead of poison. He was completely fatigued. His whole body appeared to be broken by the kicks of the Lord. Within his mind, however, he finally began to understand that Krishna was the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and he began to surrender unto Him. He realized that Krishna was the Supreme Lord, the Master of everything. The wives of the serpent, known as the Nagaputnis, saw that their husband was being subdued by the kicking of the Lord within whose womb the whole universe remains. Kalia's wives prepared to worship the Lord, although in their haste their dress, hair, and ornaments became disarrayed. They also surrendered unto the Supreme Lord and began to pray. They appeared before Him, put forward their offerings, and anxiously offered respectful obeisances, falling down on the banks of the Jemuna. The Nagaputnis knew that Krishna is the shelter of all surrendered souls and they desired to release their husband from the impending danger by pleasing the Lord with their prayers. The Nagaputnis began to offer their prayers as follows.